man. Wait, let me try that again. I'm not used to this. <laughs> it's hard to come up with things to say. It's like, that's why it's random blabber for the first look. Like, I know she told me she loves me. But I fail podcast that is our new catchphrase and i am your hostess with the mostest cream filling katherine cogert and with me is he who shall not be named timothy dobbs oh it's good to be here i used that one back in the back in the early days oh you did close to it. Oof. yeah uh, that's fine no no it's different though because you said it about me neither <laughs> of our names should be spoken and yet we do at the beginning of each episode but I don't listen, so it's fine. Listeners of the show will know that we have several series, and we sip through the series as though we're drinking a cup of tea. You're right, Tim. That is hard to come up with. It's a weird metaphor. It doesn't ever work. <laughs> uh, it's part of the appeal. This week, we're talking about U.S. cities. The heart of America's in U.S. cities. And in specificity, what are we talking about, Tim? So we're we're throwing you a curveball, as promised by people who uh, got got the real um, cliffhanger last week when we didn't say what it was. The curveball this week is uh, we're talking about Christianstead. Where's Christianstead, you ask? Yeah, where is that? It's uh, actually one of the. It, so Christianstead is the largest town on the. U.S. Virgin Island of St. Croix. But wait a minute. It's not the most populous. Which one is the most populous? The most populous city is actually called Charlotte Amelie. And Charlotte Amelie is on St. Thomas. Okay. So let's back it up. I'm going to give you a little bit of a geography lesson just because I, I did not know any of this until I went there a few months back. So the U.S. Virgin Islands are a non-self-governing territory of the United States purchased from Denmark in the early 20th century. They are located just east of Puerto Rico, and they're made up of three islands, St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix. And the reason that we're not talking about Charlotte Amelie, the most populous of the, and actually the capital of the U.S. Virgin Islands, is that it's, uh, it's a little straightforward for me. It's, it, the economy is so much based on just when cruise ships come in that it was kind of like, meh. That's fair. It's like, it's really, it is. When you're there, they say, if it's a cruise ship day, expect the shops to be open. If it's not a cruise ship day, you know, I hope you bought everything you needed. Oh, it's, wow. Uh, I mean, there's much more to it. And of course, we could dig into it. But I thought Christian said was more interesting. Well, prove it to me. Okay. So, you think, you think you're going to be disinterested in Christian said? Well, I submit to you two of our country's greatest national heroes who hail from Christian said. The first, founding father, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, uh, father of federalism, and they have named the airport after him, Alexander Hamilton Airport, and also Tim Duncan, the basketball player, and he has a giant sign by the airport. As you pull out, there's a huge sign, and it says, Welcome to St. Croix, home of Tim Duncan. <laughs> it's the big picture of him holding a basketball. That's uh, great. He seems like a nice guy, though. I have some thoughts here. On Alexander Hamilton, that makes a lot of sense to me, because I feel like he was never really able to relate to the people at all. 
and like openly so. So it makes a lot of sense that he would be from Christiansted to me. I think a lot of the a lot of the founding fathers weren't exactly men of the people. I but, I agree, um, but I think they were better at faking it. <laughs> maybe. Well, I imagine Alexander Hamilton felt alienated because he was not a like he couldn't be president because he wasn't he was born in in Nevis and then raised in Christiansted and then moved to New York. You know, I mean, he just. He, Everybody else was probably going like, we, these, you know, colonies of the, you know, the North Americas, uh, we're great and we're Virginia planters and all this stuff. And they're just like, oh, and there's Hamilton over there. That weird. He's the new kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he got beat up a lot. So I get that this is all part of the U.S. now, but how did it end up that way, Tim? Okay, so uh, let me take you back to the heyday of the Caribbean. Uh, Well... Not so good for some Caribbean, you know, whatever. But essentially the colonization period of the Caribbean, which uh, where in 1671, things have gone like super well for, say, Spain, who have colonized much of the Americas um, and gotten a lot of gold by subjugating the locals. So the Danes are like, man, let me get into that thing. Everything is going swimmingly except for the pirates that are everywhere. We can all learn from Sid Meier's pirates that pirates were everywhere. It's, they're called profiteers, okay? So. Go ahead. The Danes are all like, man, let me get into this thing. Uh, it doesn't really look like we'll be able to get gold. If we did, it'd be great. But at least we can grow sugar there. That'd be pretty cool. So they find some little islands and they settle on St. Thomas, which is empty, in 1671. And then, actually, a number of years later, they settle St. John in 1717, which is, it's a real jump, because you can see one from the other. Like, you could kind of swim to it. Um, (laughs) So, I I don't know why it took them so long, but, you know, whatever. It takes time to settle these places. There's a lot of (laughs) dense jungle and hills. So, and it's good that they weren't too greedy too fast. They They were just too greedy slowly. Anyway, uh, these islands aren't, like, super big. And so they decide to buy one more island that's in this grouping from the French in 1733, and that's St. Croix. And St. Croix is actually the largest of these islands. And it, okay. unlike St. Thomas and St. John, it actually has a fairly spacious plain kind of in the center of the island. Uh, most of the islands are very mountainy, and St. Croix has a big sort of flat part. Great for sugarcane, right? So why then, Tim, is Christiansted built uh, as the first settlement? It's on St. Croix, and what what makes it so great to be the first settlement here? Not much. It's it's a good harbor. There was already, you know, uh, because it was purchased from France, there was already kind of like a few little settlements there, you know, some buildings and stuff. And uh, my other theory is that it faces northward, which is the direction to get to the other two islands. So it probably was just easier than sailing around the island to the other side. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Um Interesting. You know, no, no grand plan here, like with many other cities, because right. uh, I, come on, this island's not that big. We got to put something somewhere. There's no room for a grand plan. There's just a mini plan. Mm. So they they make this. Uh, they settle this this place, the Danes here, and they name it after King Christian the Sixth, who was then king of Denmark and Norway. I miss the days when you could be king of multiple countries. I mean, I guess the Queen <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is like that. But 
I don't know, this weird thing where, like, suddenly it's like, well, I guess we're ruled by the same person Brazil is all of a sudden. Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, Denmark and Norway are right next to each other. Anyway, so they name it Christianstead, which just means Christian's place. They also have some sort of uh, poetic rivalry with uh, another city called Christiania, which uh, they intended for this great settlement of Christianstead to one day rival Christiana in size. So, I ask you... I, I, I would wonder if you could guess what Christiana is now called. Okay, I have a theory. I'm going to say Copenhagen because Copenhagen has a neighborhood called Christiania. It's actually quite interesting. It's like a separate town inside of Copenhagen, and there's no rules, and pot is legal, and it's kind of like uh, like Santa Cruz meets Vegas with no laws. Whoa, <laughs> interesting. We should talk about that someday. Uh, it's fascinating. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's not. That's a pretty good guess, but it's actually where we're veering more towards the Norway side. Christiana is now called Oslo, Norway. That's oh. right, the capital of Norway. No kidding. Okay. And uh, yeah, so for those of you following along at home, Christiansted, population 3,000, uh, non-self-governing territory, and Oslo, Norway, population half a million, capital of Norway. Aw, so, sorry, Christiansted. Uh, it was just... You know, high hopes, right? <laughs> well, so things kind of go up and down in the economy, and you know, whatever. It's 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 the, it's the sugar game. There's hurricanes. All this stuff happens, but then everything goes to heck because the sugar beet process is discovered. So I don't know if you're aware of this. You can get sugar from sugar cane, or you can actually get it from sugar beets, and it's easier to grow sugar beets in non-tropical territory. So suddenly the value of all these Caribbean holdings wasn't nearly as high. Then we get to slavery is outlawed. Right, that's Good a for big them. blow. Yeah, because the entire economy only <laughs> worked because it was like free labor forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then just to give them a good kick in the pants, there's also like a bunch of hurricanes in a few years that really, really ripped stuff up. Oh, great. So, Wonderful. Yeah, the, the Danes were just at this point, they were like, I guess we can't just, like, dump this place in the ocean, but uh, I don't care. Do you care? Not really. <laughs> so, th that's, like, end of the 1800s, uh, and St. Croix just kind of hangs around, or the, the Virgin Islands in general just sort of hang around until the U.S. decides to buy uh, all three islands in 1917, basically because this was World War One, and the U.S. was afraid that the Germans would use it as a submarine base. Okay, question. Uh, mm -hmm. Were Denmark and Norway allied with Germany? At I that have point? literally what? no idea. Why were they afraid of a German subbase being there? If oh well, um, so no. So I looked it up, and Denmark was actually a neutral state in World War One. Uh, so. It would be plausible, at least for the U.S., to think that maybe this not highly valued uh, place would be captured or possibly that the Germans would be able to convince Denmark, who was trading with both sides, to like let them, you know, we'll pay you X amount of dollars so we can keep subs here and we want to attack your guys. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Hmm, interesting. At any rate, the, yeah, it, it, it's what planted the seed for for the U.S. to to want to purchase the place. So it actually, they, they made two offers. There was a signed treaty and then then the Danish parliament rejected the sale and then one, and then it pushed through the second time right. and then it became a U.S. holding. Neat. 
Well, I think this is a good place to sort of take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back with the Doom to Fail podcast, and we just talked about how St. Croix, Crow? Croix? St. St. Croix. St. Croix became a part of the U.S. as a U.S. holding. Um, what's next, Tim? Uh, I wanted to touch on the economy because the economy of the Caribbean is super weird um, because, as near as I can tell, and I'm no scholar of the Caribbean, certainly not, it seems that essentially it was just subsistence living until uh, the Europeans came over. And then once the Europeans came over, it was essentially just straight-up colonialism and let's grow a bunch of sugar here. I think this, this ties in, we talked last week about the availability of sugar about how mead became less popular once sugar became affordable. Right. And so I think this would speak to, this is right around, I'd say, 1400s. Well, 1492, I guess, is Columbus. So 1500s, this this time period, would be about when people are trying to um, find different ways to grow sugar because it's native to Southeast Asia, if I'm right. Sure. And, yeah. And so the Europeans at this point are going like, we should have cheap sugar. So these places we just discovered be super great. We'll just grow all our sugar here. Let's just exploit the crap out of them. Yep. That's the general (laughs) policy. Yay, imperialism. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pretty much all the Caribbean, or much of the Caribbean economy was based around that. There's also trying to get precious minerals, but not on on St. Croix or Christiansted, because there isn't really any, as far as I know. And so the economy is based around the triangle trade, which you may remember from grade school. I Essentially, we, we get, yeah, it's, it's like one of those things that just stuck in my head. While I was there, I went, triangle trade, <laughs> of course. So we take, well, I've been talking a lot. Do you want, do you yeah. want to explain the triangle trade? Because you yeah. remember it. I remember it. Uh, so what happens is you have sugar coming from the Caribbean to, like, New England and Europe. And then New England and Europe are able to manufacture goods, right? Like, uh, I don't know, textiles type of things? Uh, stuff like that? Yeah. They're able to bring also, that... Also, rum. Oh, of course, and rum. They're able to make rum from the sugar, and and they brought that to West Africa. And they took uh, from West Africa. They didn't really buy them. They more just stole slaves. And took those to the Caribbean. Uh, sometimes they bought them. They would, um, you know, here's what would happen. Is that some Africans would go steal 
and like capture other people and then sell them. So there was stealing going on. Very unpleasant business, but great. You know, ugh, I wow, feel this just is a uncomfortable. Very, very, very sinful triangle. There's booze, gluttony, mm-hmm. and uh, slavery. No, it's so when I was there, you know, if if you stand on an eastern facing part of the island, depending on what the weather's doing exactly, you'll just get this sort of persistent wind blowing at you, right. and. I was standing there thinking about it. I was like, oh, these are the trade winds. It's like blowing over from Africa. That's cool. And then I thought a little more about it and went, oh, <laughs> these <laughs> these winds made some very bad things happen. <sighs> but so that's basically how the economy worked for a good long time. And then eventually sugar became un- uneconomical for reasons we talked about earlier. And it became more of a strategic waypoint is how it, uh, the islands were thought of. Uh, is like we talked about, purchased specifically to block a German base. And then this one is interesting and not something I ever would have thought of, but one of the world's largest oil refineries was on St. Croix. And it still is. It's called Hovensa. And it's a, a joint venture between uh, the U.S. and Venezuela, the Venezuelan National Oil Company. Interesting. Because... Essentially, as near as I can tell, what they do is they bring up the crude oil from Venezuela, it goes to the refinery in St. Croix, and then is brought in to the U.S. mainland. But so that's sort of the historical thing, is it, it, it becomes this sort of connection between everything going on down south and um, the U.S. mainland. Fascinating. So we just talked about sort of the economic history of St. Croix. And uh, we'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk about St. Croix today and how it feels. Right, bro? Yeah. uh, uh, Sultry and smooth. podcast i'm Catherine, and with me is tim and we're talking about saint croix and how it feels today mm. how does it I feel i think it's in the uh probably in the middle 80s and humid because it feels that way most days <laughs> but um yeah so so here's the thing about saint croix is that there's actually only two towns on the entire island uh or townships i guess i you know you get into this this weird uh, definitions of places where people live, but the only ones that are sort of like, uh, I want to call them urban spaces, like specifically denoted towns, are uh, Christiansted and Frederiksted. And they're on opposite sides of the island. And so Christiansted is actually not like super different from what it was like in the 1700s. It's basically a six by eight grid, so there's, you know, s- Six roads going one way, eight roads crossing them the other way. And one corner touches the water, and that's right near the harbor and the boardwalk and the old fort. Wait, so... And I like this, the street... Mm-hmm. You say it's just like it was in the 1700s. Is there electricity? <laughs> I'm sort of talking about the this sort of setup oh. and how it looks. Okay. Yes, there's electricity. Jeez. <laughs> but, 
Also, the streets have names like uh, King Street and Queen Street and King Cross Street, which is the street that crosses King Street, which I think is adorable. Um, and Company Street, which harkens back to the old habit of colonization being done by private companies. So the islands were actually colonized by much like, you know, the, the British East India Company. This is so, probably called the Dutch West India Company. Wait, they just called it Company Street? You'd think they'd call it like Dutch East India Company Street. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. In a company town, there's only one company. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds very Stepford. I think company towns are interesting. They're super weird because they are a little Stepfordy, but they're also a little like, uh, like things aren't that rich or anything because it's like a poor company town. Also, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that is but uh, yeah, someday we'll talk about that someday. So we have uh, we have this little grid, and there's really near the water. There's a lot of stores, and that's historical. It would be like that, although now the stores are more tourist oriented. Instead of general supplies, like uh, first aid supplies, they have. Uh, I went to Saint Croix, and all I got was this crappy T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Saint Croix, and all I got were these lousy general supplies. <laughs> Stupid rope! What am I gonna do with you? <laughs> Uh, so uh, hopefully that helps you picture it. And the other interesting thing about it is they, uh, I've actually saw at least one place called the Denmark in the United States because when the Danish settled it, they put in really strict building codes. And so everything looks very much like a Danish city, except it's also in the tropics. So weird. Weird. So what's what's the culture like? I mean... Does everyone wear clogs all the time? I mean, what's the deal? Uh, no, but historically, there were a lot of windmills, which I didn't think of until just now, because they had to mill the sugar somehow. Um, huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, the thing about the Caribbean I touched on earlier is that much of the culture is defined by colonialism. It's just that basically whatever was there was wiped out because it wasn't densely inhabited or anything. And so now it's very much just about... Uh, people from somewhere else coming in and sort of owning the place right i i spent a long time when i was there trying to find like what's some local food because you know i'm not creative so when i travel i just try to think of like to do something local i'm like i'll eat something local that's tasty that's what i do and uh yeah it's it's a delicious way to travel well so now in modern times i feel like the culture is and, you know this is we're getting into opinion territory but it feels very much like the culture is defined by uh, it being sort of a U.S. colony. I mean, it's not a colony, but, you know, whatever. Everybody defines it differently. It's kind of a touchy subject. Um, and in a lot of ways, it feels almost like, in so much as last time we talked about a city, Miami was like a place for, like a vacation land for people, but it's still like connected to the U.S. Well, St. Croix is like even more of a vacation land and even less connected, but still in that sort of on that spectrum. Um, But here's what I think is interesting. So the town doesn't really represent how the island develops anymore. This town was planned as like a small settlement uh, that was eventually going to rival Oslo, Norway. Um, 
And and it's done to this very strict Dutch code and all this stuff. And then when you go anywhere else in the island, it basically looks like a suburb. It's like, oh, there's a strip mall with a Home Depot in it or something. And that seems to be how it's developing. And so I was looking up population areas, and most people on the island live in un- unincorporated areas. They're not townships. They're just sort of, um, they call them sub-districts. But it's basically just a big chunk of the island that people happen to live in. Okay. Yeah. And the vast majority... Because much of it is, like I was talking about this connection with uh, U.S. people coming down, much of it is sort of suburban. There's this place called, I was chatting with on my my last night before I was going to fly, I was just staying in a Best Western near the airport, and they had one of those manager's um, cocktail hours, I guess you'd say. And yeah, well, it's like, have some cheese and crackers and uh, a tiny little rum punch. It's like, all right, well, it's free, I guess, and I'm here. Might as well. So, and good cheese and crackers. You know, I'm not going to complain. But so I was talking to her, and she was like, oh, well, where have you been? And I mentioned St. Croix. And she's like, oh, we're on St. Croix. I've, you know, I lived there for 15 years. And I was like, oh, well, it wasn't in Christianstead, but it was like near, oh, you were on Condo Row, which is like, yeah, there's just like, you know, big stretches of sort of non-urban space where people put things like just uh, condo developments or yeah home depots or you know wendy's or what have you this reminds me of international house hunters i feel like st croix would be on international house hunters except i guess it would be like uh, domestic house hunters because it's in the u.s but still that's true technically but you you know (laughs) you get the feel but so the point is though that i feel like much of the sort of um vacation land idea comes through this suburban uh lifestyle and that isn't really seen in Christianstead itself, which still has to have this connection to the much older sort of Danish colonial setup. But it seems like that would be a big draw, though. I think, so that's the thing, is it's a draw because people come in and they see it. There's a National Historic Site there. There's a little boardwalk. Um, I was not able to find a lot of hotels around there. Really? (laughs) So I don't think people are staying there. Theory... People don't like to stay in Christianstead because you get a dirty look if you use too much toilet paper because it's a Danish town. <laughs> I I had no idea you had such strong feelings about Denmark. We should have talked about that more. <laughs> I love Denmark. I really do. I just... I went at the wrong time in my life. <laughs> Interesting. So when would you go? You you want to be like uh, 50 years old and on a second honeymoon or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, you could like, it, it, it would be like a uh, Cialis commercial or something. You'll be with some guy with gray hair and you'll be riding a bicycle <laughs> built for two. <laughs> with wooden wheels. <laughs> and clogs. Everything's wood. Wooden clothes, wooden, wooden hats. <laughs> Everyone moves like robots through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's so rigid. <laughs> We're getting a little off my point here, which is essentially that, um, uh, yeah, it seems like it's more like locals who actually live in Christianstead. Although still much of the industry around that is based around, um, well, government and then also tourism. Interesting. I mean, okay. if you live there, you could run a, a restaurant or a yeah. boat or a seaplane. Right. And I was looking up um, 
I was looking up uh, percentages of who works where, and the, and one of the biggest ones is professional and technical services, which I've never quite figured out. That just seems like generic office work, I guess. Yes, I suspect it yeah. is. Yes, but a lot of people do that. I was I was thinking that maybe there were people who would commute because it's not a big island, so no commute is big um, to the oil refinery, where also there's a the cruise and rum distillery is there, what but. Kind of- uh, uh, cruise and rum? I hadn't heard of it until I went there, and then all of a sudden I saw it everywhere. Hmm. Okay. You can get it at Applebee's. Hmm. So, yeah. So you saw it everywhere so, outside of St. Croix, you're saying? Yes, that's okay. what I mean. Okay. And, but, but I think if you were to work at the oil refinery or whatever, you probably actually live in the suburbs um, anywhere else. I think the sense I had from Christian said not a lot of commuting in and out. More of a, a place to be. All right, so we have Christian Stead, uh, has, its, has its roots in slavery and rigid Danish culture, um, but today seems to have improved a lot. It's a nice place to visit. Uh, mm? Disagreement? Yeah, I mean, I, st- I, th- I think there's still, you know, some level of, uh, it's just hard living on an island, I think, you know, economies are never super great on islands. Sure. They're really tourist-based and all that stuff, so... I think okay. there's uh I don't think it's it's all uh you know roses but but not too bad either. All right. Well, that was the Doomfell podcast. I am Catherine Cogert over there. Tim Dobbs over here. Okay now. Bye. Take me home, I'm Bye. Feeling stressed. Bye. Put down Bye. your phone and I'll tell you what's Ooh. happening Bye. next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to see